Welcome back, everybody. This episode of the Golf Guide Podcast is proudly presented by Pacific Coast Golf Guide, your numero uno Pacific Coast Golf Guide resource. Pacific Coast Golf Guide is a complimentary magazine available at over 1,400 golf courses across the West Coast that gives you in-depth, informative information on each and every golf course in the states of California, Hawaii, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. So, if you want to do yourself a favor and learn yourself a little bit more about the golfing landscape across the Pacific Coast, be sure to pick up a copy of Pacific Coast Golf Guide at a golf course near you. Hello, welcome back, everybody. Ah, God damn it, it's always so nice to be back with all of you. Uh, Kyle Serlo here with another uh, lovely, delectable episode of the Golf Guide podcast, and we are going news heavy this week. You know, uh, this upcoming weekend, uh, I, I believe it's the first time since last December that we do not have a single PGA Tour sanctioned event happening, and I don't believe that is going to be the case until the uh, Century Tournament of Champions. Uh, takes place at Kapalua at the beginning of January. So pretty much from now until then, you know, we, we don't even have to focus on much professional golf at all. We just got some different stuff going on. Now, granted, one of the two news items I have is focused on professional golf, but it's not uh, it's not a results-oriented type situation. We're going to be talking a little bit about a potential PGA golf tournament taking place in the San Francisco Bay Area that we had mentioned um, a few months back in mid-October. But... Uh, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. So uh, the first item of news I want to hit on, though, is uh, something related to my favorite place on Earth, which, of course, is Bannon Dunes Golf Resort. So uh, as some of you may have known, uh, just a few weeks back, me and uh, 27 of my closest friends uh, decided to take a little jaunt up to Bannon Dunes for a little five-day soiree where we encountered just some of the most spectacular weather uh, not only that we've ever had on a trip to Bandon Dunes, but certainly maybe that any individual has ever had at Bandon Dunes. Um, four days of zero rain, the first two of which had no wind, the second of which was, you know, actually the third and the fourth day um, of golf. Perfect, ideal seaside links weather, right? A little bit of fog, maybe a two-club wind. You're just keeping things a little interesting, but... Overall, I mean, the weather exceeded every single expectation we could have possibly had, and it made for an unbelievably memorable and just overall fantastic golf trip with a bunch of really, really good guys. So that's all well and good. Bannon is as good as it's ever been. The courses, of course, are in fantastic shape. However, there's been this one little thing that uh, we were kind of curious about. You know, we've I asked my caddy Tommy about it several times. Um, you know, especially in past years, we've been trying to figure out what the deal is. And that is, of course, what what is the situation with the Sheep Ranch? Now, again, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, I apologize for talking about this again. But in case you are new to this, let me just briefly catch you up to date on what exactly the Sheep Ranch is. Well, it's about 130-ish acre parcel north of what's currently the Bannon Dunes Golf Resort. Now, Bannon Dunes right now is comprised of four different championship-length 18-hole golf courses, as well as a massive practice center that also contains a nine-hole par-three course, 
another 13-hole par-3 course, uh, and then several, you know, uh, several clubhouses, a lodge with housing, you know, several different other options for housing, including an inn that has 100-something rooms, the lily pot. I mean, it's just a massive, massive complex, right? Um, and in terms of the coastline, I don't know how many miles of coastline the current Bandadun's property consists of, but it's, you know, it, it's a couple. Well, just north of the property, there's this other 130-acre parcel that is has always been half-owned by Mike Kaiser, who is the owner of Bandadun's, but he co-owned this piece of property with a business partner of his. Um, and several years back, you know, not wanting the, you know, the property to completely go to waste, um, they hired Tom Doak to come out and build a couple of, you know, green complexes around the property. Um, now, keep in mind, even though it was partially owned by Mike Kaiser, it was never officially um, affiliated with the Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. It was just its own thing. If you wanted to get a reservation there, you had to call the Bandon Golf Supply Store in the town of Bandon, speak to a gentleman there who would put your name on the books, and then uh, you'd set it up for a date. You'd meet some guy at the front gate who'd unlock it for you. You know, you follow his car up to the first tee, kind of give you the rules, and then all of a sudden, boom, you've got your own little golfing wonderland, right? You get to reserve it for the whole day, 13 greens, make up your own golf holes, and just go. And uh, it was spectacular. I, I had the pleasure of being out to play the Sheep Ranch once, and it was a spectacularly good time. I mean, it exceeded every expectation I know that I had going in, and it was just such a unique treat to be able to play golf like that. You know, just like, hey, who won the last hole? All right, you're picking the next one. And uh, it, it was awesome. But there had always been this rumor going around that they eventually were going to shut the Sheep Ranch down, and they were going to then build another championship-length, you know, beautifully maintained 18-hole golf course that was then going to become part of the Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. Well, when this rumor started going around, people were speculating, oh, who's going to be designing this golf course, yada, yada, yada. And uh, another, not to get too off track here, but another project that was associated with Bandon was what was called the Bandon Lynx. It was going to be a separate, um, separate from the Bandon Dunes Golf Resort, but definitely affiliated with Bandon, um, municipal golf project, you know, about mm, five to six miles south of the town of Bandon. So maybe about a 20-minute drive from the Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. And Gil Hans was going to come in and design this wonderful 18-hole golf course on the stretch of land that Mike Kaiser had purchased south of the town of Bandon. Um, Bandon Dunes Golf Resort guests were going to have discounted rates, um, but it was certainly going to cost a couple hundred bucks for them to play. But the idea was to have a really top-notch municipal local golf course where local Bandon residents and people could go play for 40 bucks. And it sounded like awesome, but over the years with all the permitting and everything that happened, eventually that project sort of fell through and went by the wayside. So when that, when it seemed like the Bannon Lynx project was going to be no more, then the speculation started turning to the Sheep Ranch, where people were starting guessing, well, maybe they're going to bring Gilhans in to design the fifth course um, up at the Sheep Ranch. And that was kind of what most people had just kind of assumed was going to be the case for a while. Now, even though this has been talked about for years and years and years, Every time, you know, I've been to Bannon the past four years, um, you'd look up to the sheep ranch and nothing had changed, right? It's just, you know, the the grass and the greens and, you know, maybe you see some people out there, maybe it'd be completely empty. You, you just don't know. It didn't really seem like anything was taking place. I'd even, you know, I have a contact up at Bannon Dunes that every time I'd see him, I'd bring it up a little bit. Hey, so what's what's the deal with the sheep ranches? 
is this happening? Is it not happening? And he was always very mum about everything. He never really had anything. I, I don't know if it's because he, they legitimately didn't have any news or it's because it was such an, in such a state of flux that it just would have been pointless to, you know, be giving a fanboy like me any kind of information because they're probably afraid I'd just go ahead and run with it and do God knows what. So anyway, now that I have set the stage for all of you guys, um, we arrive in Band of Dunes a couple of weeks ago. The very first day, weather is spectacular. We go out, we play 18 holes at Bandon Trails in the morning. It's awesome. The weather's great. And we're like, you know what? It's only 1230. Let's go get another 18 in. So we jump out. We go to Old McDonald, which is the northernmost golf course on the Bandon Dunes Golf Resort property. And we're getting up. You know, we're going. We're playing. I'm playing great. I'm in the midst of the round of my life, which, you know, a little humble brag here. I eventually did shoot the round of my life. Thank you. Anyway. We're playing Old Mac. We get up into the seventh green, which, if any of you are familiar with this golf course, is probably the most spectacular point on the entire property. Um, as it just hangs over the cliffs, you can see all of Pacific Dunes down to your left, and then you can actually get a huge clear shot of the Sheep Ranch up to your right. And when I got up to the green and I took a, a look uh, northbound, I was shocked. Absolutely shocked because not only did I see the Sheep Ranch in a state that looked somewhat different than what I was accustomed to, there were tractors. There were tractors. There were huge mounds of dirt. There was heavy machinery. There was equipment. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking to myself, Dear Lord, it's happening. I can't believe it's happening. And so, Gil Hans is coming out here. He's building us a brand new golf course. So now we're going to have Court Crenshaw. We're going to have Tom Doak. We're going to have David McClay Kidd. You're going to have a Gil Hans course. I mean, this is as if this wasn't Mecca already. We are about to get down with the get down. So obviously for the rest of the round, me, my dad who I'm playing with, my buddy Spence who's playing with me, we're all kind of wildly speculating, trying to figure out what's going on, where the golf course is going to be, you know, what golf holes are going to be hugging the coastline. It, just just real golf nerdery type stuff. And, um, you know, we get in, we're, you know, we're talking about it with some of the guys at dinner that night. And then the very next morning, I head back out with my boy Tommy, who's, uh, who's on my bag all four days. And I bring it up to him, and he drops the bomb on me. He says, oh, no, no, man. this It's happening. Like, you know, they're, they're laying the drainage lines. They're getting everything prepped up to actually start doing the real work once it's all done. And uh, Corin Crenshaw, I mean, I think they, they've got the plan. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just hold yourself. One second there, Tom. This is supposed to be a Gil Hans course. What are you talking about, Corin Crenshaw? And he's like, no, man. It's Corin Crenshaw. They've been out here. They're, they're, they're doing it. And I was like, hot damn. Can't believe it. Cor and Crenshaw. Mr. Billiam Cor and Benjamin Crenshaw. Probably the best design team currently working in the world right now. They already, you know, already designed Bannon Trails, which again, you know, not not to bring up this argument again, but I mean, I, I still hear it seems like more of my buddies say that Bannon Trails is their favorite golf course at Bannon than any of the other ones, which is not wrong. I mean, it, it's not my most favorite course but it's crazy that the one course that's not on the coast is the favorite for so many people and it you know that could be because it's not on the coast and it's so different from the other ones that it helps it stand out and that's why a lot of people gravitate it you know gravitate towards it so much um but it is pretty wild that you know the most talented guys were the only ones that didn't get a seaside piece of the property to work with and maybe that's because mike kaiser was just so confident they could build a great golf course anywhere that he's like you know what this is the piece of property that 
is going to need a little bit more of a you know, little expert's touch. So he gave them trails. But you always kind of wondered, man, what would Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw have done if they had actually had a piece of property like you know the one that Pacific Dune sits on? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have a fabulous bit of news for all of you. In 2020, we are going to find out. We are going to know exactly what it is like if Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw have a seaside piece of property on the Oregon coast. Ah! I'm telling you! It's happening! <sighs> okay, breathe, man. Breathe, breathe. <sighs> All right. So, what I have now taken almost 15 minutes to tell you guys is this. Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw, to the best of my knowledge, are set to design the fifth championship golf course at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. Ground has been broken. They are laying irrigation lines. They are getting preliminary stuff figured out. Heavy machinery is out there. Pipes are out there. People are out there getting work done. And uh, I have heard there is a tentative plan to try and break ground in 2019 and possibly have some preview play begin in 2020. So, if you are a golf nerd, if you love golf on the ocean, if you love Lynx golf, if you are not a nihilist, this is fantastic news. And I could not be more excited. As soon as I get more information on this, I will relay it to all of you via this podcast. Um, I was unable to reach my contact at Bannon Dunes yesterday for comment um, to see if he would be able to clarify some things for us. So, as is the case with most everything we do on this podcast, it has not been fact-checked in the way that we would like it to, but I feel pretty confident that I am springing some mediocrely accurate information on all of you. So stay tuned. As soon as I get more information and confirmation from the folks at Bannon Dunes, you will hear from me. But uh, as of right now, that is the news. Uh, going around Bannon Dunes Golf Resort, or Bannon Dunes, there's a plural, plural plurality of dunes out there, uh, Golf Resort, uh, according to the caddies and the staff up there. Okay, let's get to our second bit of news for the day. All right, so back in mid-October, I talked to all of you about a potential PGA tournament that was going to be hosted in the San Francisco Bay Area that would be in addition to the Safeway Open. And uh, the speculation was that none other than two-time NBA MVP Steph Curry was going to be hosting a PGA Tour event and it was looking like the uh, venue was going to be the new South Course at Corica Park. Um, it's very, very close to the Oakland Airport. Um, obviously, Steph Curry, you know, East Bay guy now. Obviously, I know he's from Carolina. But he's an East Bay guy now. I think he lives up near around Orinda or something like that. And it would have been a cool thing to bring that sort of golf to the East Bay community. Um, well, you know, that does not appear to be the case anymore, at least in terms of keeping things um, in the East Bay. So, uh, according to some really great reporting by, I believe, Ron Krojcik of the San Francisco Chronicle, it's now looking like it's more likely that the PGA Tour event that's going to be sponsored by Steph Curry um, is going to be hosted at Lake Chabot Golf Course, uh, which is right there on the cusp. It's right where the city of San Francisco ends to the south and Daly City begins. So, um, if you're familiar at all with San, San Francisco geography and traffic and roads, if you're heading out of San Francisco going southbound on 19th Avenue right after you pass San Francisco State University, 
Um, you will see uh, a bunch of fences right there that has a really nice private golf course uh, that you're not allowed to take pictures at. And then maybe just, what, 50 yards south of that, uh, there's an overpass of Juniper Serra Boulevard, and that is right where Lake Chabot Golf Club is at. It's right there on, <clears throat> right there at the beginning of uh, Highway 280. It has hosted several LPGA Tour events over the years. It was the host of the Swinging Skirts um, tournament there that Lydia Ko won a handful of times. I believe last year it was host to the Metaheel um, LPGA Tour event. So it, it certainly is a golf course that uh, has some familiarity with hosting a professional golf event, but it's only ever hosted for the ladies. Um, and one of the, those reasons is because it's not really an exceptionally long golf course. Now, anybody who's played a lot of golf in San Francisco would agree with me in that, you know, San Francisco golf courses, none of them are really that long, but holy shit, man, they play exceptionally long. The air is heavy. You're playing at sea level. Um, there is a lot of elevation change. And so, you know, as an example, you know, when I was playing down in the city just a couple of days ago on Monday, you know, the tees that I was playing at, the course I was playing at was 6,400 yards, right? And yet somehow I had five irons into what felt like 75% of the par fours out there. I mean, it just, it, whatever it is about this place, um, and, you know, and again, there's how many golf courses down in that little corner of the city? You have both courses at Olympic Club plus the par three course at Olympic Club. You have TPC Harding Park. You have San Francisco Golf Club, and then you have uh, Lake Chabot, which, again, is or Lake Chabot, idiot, Lake Merced, although Lake Chabot, and that's some free little shout-out, you know, Oakland, uh, Oakland Municipal Golf. But anyway, Lake Merced, San Francisco Golf Club, all three courses at Olympic, and TPC Harding Park are all nestled in this one tiny little part of the southwest corner of San Francisco, and none of them are very long, but they all play exceptionally long. Well, Lake Merced has now moved quite a bit closer to actually hosting the men of the PGA Tour after uh, the Lake Merced members overwhelmingly approved a proposal uh, to make more than $3.6 million in course upgrades, um, which was a prerequisite to holding a PGA tournament um, at, you know, at this venue. So the sports agency that Steph Curry uh, works with, I don't know if he has any kind of an ownership stake, but... Uh, the company is called Octagon, and it's a sports management company that is going to be running this event. And of the $3.6 million in course upgrades, they are going to be covering $2.8 million of those costs, which means that the members at Lake Merced will then probably be on the hook for the other $800,000 of improvements. Now you're saying to yourself, well, why would they just want to totally change their golf course? Well, here's the thing you got to know about Lake Merced. Um, first of all, I, before I say any of this, I, I would I just want to tell all of you out there, it is a super fantastic golf course. It is a ton of fun. Um, it's on a great piece of property. It's got some really interesting history. Um, it, anytime that somebody invites me to play around at Lake Merced, without hesitation, I will accept because it generally is just a really fun golf course. Okay, here comes a caveat. It has the potential to be even better. And, you know, it's not really, I guess, a knock on it. It's just originally it was an Alistair McKenzie golf course that by all accounts was spectacular. And then back in the 40s, 50s, or 60s when they expanded Highway 280, it took a big bite out of the golf courses, uh, you know, the land that the golf course was on. And in doing so, they were forced to redesign everything. So Robert Muir Graves came in, did a bunch of work, changed it, almost kind of got rid of most of the McKenzie stuff. And then, of course, uh, you know, the man himself, Reese Jones, came in 
and uh, did another redo several years later. So now in its current iteration, it's basically an 18-hole Reese Jones-designed golf course, which, again, is Reese Jones a better golf architect than me? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got more experience. That's pretty much the only thing I'm going to give to him. But anyway, because of that, it uh, it, it plays a little tough, um, and it, it just, I don't know, it, if you've played any Reese Jones golf, uh, from 20 plus years ago, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But the thing about it is, in with with all of these changes, the the following things are going to be taking place. Okay, Lake Merced plans to expand its driving range and move it to the left. So right now, if you're at the clubhouse at Lake Merced and you're looking out from left to right, you have the tenth hole that goes you know away from the clubhouse. Then you have the driving range, and then you have the 18th hole coming back at you. And then the first hole and tenth holes over off to the right, okay? Well, what that means is that the driving range is actually surrounded by golf course, right? There's, you know, golf being played to the left, beyond, and to the right of the driving range. Well, the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to swap the tenth hole and the driving ranges, basically, right? So they're going to move the driving range all the way over to the property line, and then they're going to turn the tenth hole into a longer, I think slightly dog-legging uh, par four, That'll eventually get it back down to kind of where the green complex is now, um, but it's going to have a little right-to-left movement on it, which I guess is going to make it easier for galleries and things like that because they won't have to be navigating this uh, driver range that's not, you know currently in the middle of the property. Uh, it says that, you know, let me try here. It looks like it's going to end up being a 411-yard par 4 with a slight dogleg to the left. All right? The second change they're going to be doing is adding several new back tees. And this is at the PGA Tour's request, um, which will then stretch the course out to 7,300 yards. Um, you know, by PGA Tour standards, 7,300 yards doesn't sound like a lot, but remember what I just said. I, you know, if I'm hitting my driver really, really well, it's probably going to 60 to 270 if I really pump it. Um, and with that being said, again, I was having five irons. I was having shots that were like 180, 190 you know, even 200 yards into par fours on a layout that was 6,400 yards, all right? So in these kinds of conditions, 7,300 yards is actually going to play really, really long for a lot of these guys. So it should be pretty uh, pretty awesome. And uh, I know Steph Curry, in his role as a tournament host, is expected to be actively recruiting tour pros to play in the event. Um, he has already told Ron Krojcik of the San Francisco Chronicle that he's not going to be playing in the tournament. Um, he's just simply going to be there as an ambassador and a tournament host, um, which, you know, is pretty interesting. Now, uh, in terms of the timing of this, it is scheduled to be the weekend before the Safeway Open. So the guys will go down to play at Lake Merced in Steph Curry's tournament, and they're going to head north up into the wine country and play at the Safeway Open the following week. So it should make for a really fun, cool little Bay Area swing. Um, it's a great opportunity for golfers all over the Bay Area to be able to see, um, pros in in multiple different places right and on top of that if one's going to be in the city and it's hosted by Steph Curry you got to think that you're actually going to have some pretty good turnout and some pretty big names uh showing up for that tournament so that should be a lot of fun as well because that's not always the case um with the Safeway Open so anyway something very very much to look forward to there uh again just like our first story from Band of Dunes as soon as I get more information on this I will be sure to relay that to you um, but other than that, that's all I got for you guys today. One podcast, two news stories, and me being almost out of breath. And it just, you know what? It, it just doesn't get any better than that, does it? Well, anyway, 
With that all being said, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. If you are looking for some gifts um, to get for the golfer in your life, best of luck to you. <laughs> I've been trying to do that same thing myself. I'm like, oh, I have a buddy that I know I want to get some wet, like a wedge for, but it's like, oh, damn, a wedge is really personal. Like, I don't know if that's anything. So anyway, if you are looking for a gift, the, the one place that I would always recommend to everybody that I always make sure to do a little shopping for is our good friends at Seamus Golf. Visit SeamusGolf.com, S-E-A-M-U-S, golf.com. You can buy a really awesome handmade hand, you know, head cover, putter cover, you know, hand forged uh, divot repair tools, ball markers, and stuff like that. And uh, they they do a really really good job up there. So always like supporting the folks at Seamus. So be sure to uh, check them out if you're looking for a gift for the golfer in your life. And other than that, everybody, I hope you all have a wonderful wonderful week, a wonderful weekend, a happy holidays. Uh, if you're like me, I hope you had a wonderful Hanukkah. Uh, for the majority of Americans out there, I hope you have a lovely Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I'm just going to shut my pie hole now. And I'll be back with you guys next week. So until then, mahalo. Mahalo.